James Davis. Hello, listener, and thank you so much for joining us on the Teaching Abroad pod coming at you on October 6th. I'm your host, James Davis, and with me today is my co-host, Alex Shayland from Oxford Seminars' Job Placement Service. So with that, welcome to episode 13 of the Teaching Abroad pod, where we discuss all things TESOL, from travel adventure stories, food recommendations, to teaching tips, and job search advice. We'll be releasing new episodes every two weeks, so be sure to like and subscribe. And you can do that uh, YouTube, uh, Spotify, Amazon, you know, all the good places. And we've got a good one for you today. On today's show, we are speaking to teacher and Oxford Seminars blogger, Joanna Penny, about her journey, um, you know, using her background in theatre to teach English and enliven her online English classes Um, and uh, we'll also be talking to her about some of her traveling experiences and um, her upcoming move to Cyprus. Um, It's it was a really wonderful interview Alex if I can toot our horn I think it went really well. Yeah I really enjoyed it and I think for anybody who's thinking about teaching online or just curious about what it's like to get started teaching online she really gives some good suggestions and advice and sort of ideas of what to expect and things to do and not do. So if, if teaching online is something you're kind of curious about, this is going to be a great one. Yeah. She does all that good stuff. She talks about some of the lesser known things about the politics and the geography of the region. But yeah. she also talked about cheese. Which is yeah, surprisingly, good. it wasn't a cheese that I'd really heard of before. Uh, but you said it rang a bell in your mind as soon as she said it. Yeah, so um, Joanna was talking to us about halloumi cheese, and she described like this wonderful dish with thing like watermelon and just like wonderful, like fresh kind of Mediterranean style food. And I was thinking about, ah, oh, where have I heard about halloumi cheese? And uh, I've had it in the UK, hmm. and we do not serve it in such a delicate way. We decided that we're going to bread it and we're going to fry it. And we're going to call it a halloumi burger. And oh, wow. that's, you know, that's a vegetarian alternative, I guess, for burgers. So I've had that before. It's pretty good. And then I was like, I've definitely had it again. Where have I had it? And there's a local Greek restaurant uh, where I live. And it's called Flaming Cheese. So they have a big hunk of halloumi. They pour, I don't know, some brandy or something on it. Set it on fire. Bring it to your table sensational um so big fan of halloumi but definitely need to try one of joanna's more refined recipes rather than deep frying or flamethrower-esque cooking yeah i think the way she described that they do it in cyprus sounds a lot a lot healthier and you'll probably live a lot longer but maybe you won't have as much fun so who knows yeah i mean like setting fire to cheese is never never gonna disappoint anyone (laughs) But uh, without further ado, we will show you that uh, interview with Joanna uh, to talk about theatre, TESOL and uh, travelling abroad. So enjoy. But first, uh, a word from our sponsor. With Oxford Seminars, starting your new career teaching ESL couldn't be easier. Oxford Seminars has trained more than 70,000 teachers over the past 20 years and you could be next. The comprehensive 120-hour program starts with live instruction from an experienced ESL teacher, followed by convenient online modules. 
If your goal is to relocate overseas, or even teach from the comfort of your own home, Oxford Seminars' renowned lifetime job placement service will get you where you want to be. Call 1-800-779-1779 by October 8th and give the code POD106 to get $50 off your Oxford Seminars TESOL course price when paying in full. If you're too late, don't worry, there'll be another code in the next episode. Now back to the show. We are now joined by Joanna Panay. Joanna completed Oxford Seminars' TESOL TESOL TEFL certification earlier this year. She has a bachelor's degree in drama and has been a drama leader in numerous programs and camps for children. As an online English teacher, she has been finding ways to incorporate her training and experience in acting in the language classroom. Joanna, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, Joanna, you've recently written a blog for us, um, an excellent blog, I might add, and uh, anyone looking for that can find it at oxfordseminars.com forward slash blog. Have you always been involved in the theatre or is this something that kind of developed from doing your degree? How, how did that start for you? Uh, I've always been, I've always been this quirky kid who didn't necessarily fit in. Like I wasn't very good at sports. I was okay at school, but nothing really stood out to me. And when it came to, as a, in a, at a young age, um, when it came to when I was in class that maybe I would have to do a presentation or a speech, that was when I was like on the ball. I was at the top of my game. And so I, I started noticing things like that. But um, I was always very into performance, regardless of if it would have been like singing or like standing in front of an audience and just like reading something like just very simple things about performance. I was always into it. And then it wasn't until actually in high school where I was like, okay, I think I wanna get into this. I want to do this for a living or pursue it in some way, shape or form. So I live in Woodstock, Ontario and Woodstock, Ontario is, is a small city, I would say. And this city is just, it, it's, it's great, but the school that I was going to at the time uh, pride themselves on their sports, not their arts, as I would say the majority of schools do. But I did find this amazing school here. It's called Woodstock Collegiate Institute, where it was the other way around. They prided themselves on their musical theater program. So then I, I decided to switch like midway through high school a brave move but I'm glad I did it and I went into a musical theater and that's when I really started to hone my hone my uh, performance skills and I got into singing acting into other theater programs as well and then I decided to just go into drama for my post-secondary education so I was always it was always in me I, I love I love drama I do it's always been a part of my life <laughs> So what did your family uh, think about that when you made that move? Were there, was there any concern about, oh, you're never going to get a job if you do a major in yeah. drama or were they really supportive? Um, they were and they weren't like it. I mean, I think that's the thing about when you go into like anything to do with the arts, the, the whole job 
opportunity, but I was 16 years old and you have to really think about, think about like what a 16 year old needs. And just in, in terms of that, when you think you tell them, well, you're never going to find a job in this. It's like, well, I'm 16 and I have my whole life to figure out what I can find a job in. Uh, it was one of those things where I'm a bit too young. I think you're so pressured in high school to know what you want to do with your life. And I had to really fight for it, to be honest with you. My parents didn't really like believe that this was maybe a future for me regarding if it, if I was just going to go into drama or acting or whatever I was going to do at the time. They didn't know that until they sat in the auditorium and they saw me perform and they're like, oh, we get it now. Okay. And then that's when they started um, believing and uh, also helping me pursue that goal of mine. But yes, that, that there was a lot of resistance at first, I would say, as there would be, I think. Um, why English teaching? So we've talked about your background. It's been theater all the way, um, you know, drama camps as outlined in the blog. But now we have a sudden kind of shift towards teaching English. How did, how did that come about for you? English teaching... Well, the COVID-19 pandemic put a lot of things into perspective for me, but I was kind of thinking about this even before then, I would say, because I just graduated school and I got a job at a theater company and this theater company was really great. And I thought, okay, well, I went to school for drama. I'm working for this theater company and I'm doing shows. Like that is my, that is my job. And I was doing background things. I wasn't on the stage or anything. I was just like working at the technical part of theater, which, which is something I, I didn't really learn in my drama degree. And my drama degree was very much about performance, but it was also about theory and like um, writing and all that stuff. It's, I would say like drama, when you go into drama uh, as, and when you go into university, it falls in line with taking an English degree. You're just, you're just really studying plays and other different types of literature. And I think people don't realize that. So um, knowing that I went into this job and to be honest, I, I didn't really like it. I hated it <laughs> and I felt like I didn't fit in once again and it was like heartbreaking to me because I'm like I'm in I'm in a theater company and I'm getting paid good money and I'm moving things from one side of the stage to the other but then in the back of my mind I was like you know what I'm I can write an essay I can do all these things I can like write like four pages no problem I can I have all these skills to utilize and I'm just carrying this thing to the other end of the stage and this is my job. I don't, I don't want this. So I, from them, from there, I started to try to think of other avenues that maybe I could utilize my skills to help others because I think um, I was putting myself in a box a lot. And then with the COVID-19 pandemic happening, I had a lot of time to myself because the theater industry wasn't running. It basic it it broke the theater industry basically because you can't be inside and you can't watch a show like you you couldn't do anything really. 
and um, I had a lot of time to think and uh, I wanted to travel. I wanted to travel and I've always wanted to go back to Cyprus. Uh, that's where my parents are from. And then I just, I started, I started looking into uh, teaching English. At first, the motive was for me to just have a job and to travel. But then I did the, the course with Sue Joy and I actually was like, it's converted me into wanting to pursue this as a career, oh, Great. To, to be honest with you. So it was a very like weird and surprising journey for me. <laughs> yes. Uh, if I could just, uh, if you could just indulge me for a second. Um, Sue Joy is one of our like most experienced instructors um, uh, and probably one of our most popular. Um, you know, what, what was he doing? What was he, you know, showing you that kind of inspired you? Because it's not easy to do that in a Zoom class, uh, I feel like. He was very uh, engaging, which is something we should all take note of when you teach somebody online is to be engaging. Um, when you sit in front of a screen, it's especially with this course, it can be very dry because there's a lot of information at once, a lot of information at once, and it's new information and you're writing it down. And it's very, um, it could get very dry, but I would say with Sue Joy, he kept it very fun and it, when he noticed the class was kind of just the, the energy was slowly decreasing, he would he would pick it back up again. And sometimes he would just he would think on the ball and, and do um, group work. I think the group work was really what what I enjoyed a lot is because we got to share. I got to share so many ideas with other students and um, he really tried to uh incorporate like peer interaction and so I got to learn why other people were teaching and what their motives were and then I'm like that's really good I I think I would like to do that too or like maybe I don't want to do that it was very is very good it's a great environment he established for us and um he made it very very fun and engaging and I know that's that's easier said than done when you're doing a course online but he did and he was very expressive and when you needed help he helped you so when we had homework like to be honest I am a native English speaker but I learned grammar at a very young age and it was ingrained in me and I and now I'm relearning it as to why this is it's more so like why do we use this why do we use a comma why do we why do we do this and for some reason, it's harder for me to like relearn it, even though I know it, it's like, it's harder for me to relearn it. So he helped me a lot with like grammar and just labeling infinitives and superlatives and things like that. It, so when I asked him for help, he helped and he was always just a very inviting and comfortable person to have as a teacher, which I think is very important to have. That's fantastic. Thanks, Joanna. So that segues nicely into talking about uh, teaching online and teaching using drama and theater, which is, I really enjoyed your blog. You talked a lot about it and I found it really fascinating. So like teaching using drama, using theater, um, is that something that you think uh, 
any teacher could do or is it something that you're uniquely in a good position to do because of your background in it? I think any teacher could do that. Um, I feel like when we label teaching through drama, it might scare a lot of people to think, oh, I got to act now. I got to do this. But in a way, teachers are really just giving a performance and they're they're doing some dramatic work, whatever it may be, through their voices, through modeling or whatever that may be. That's that's drama for you. Um, but I would say that teaching through drama is very, very simple and easy, um, especially when you're teaching online and you're trying to engage the student. I think it really helped, to be honest with you, doing, doing the course with Oxford Seminars online because I learned, I learned a lot about the online environment and how it can be as a student. So then I tried to really, really incorporate like my own experience into teaching students. And with my experience as well, um, I taught young kids. First, I taught drama, like actual drama online. It was a drama camp. It was online, online on Zoom. And I was like, okay, I don't know how this is going to happen, but it happened. And it was really, really fun. And it's just like, I, I, I just kept my energy up and it was great. And there's TPR, like total physical response is like the, your best friend, especially with young kids. But then when I started teaching with this uh, online company, Actual English, um, I found it challenging. There were some students that were really, really good at very used to being online. And then there were some students that needed, needed help like focusing. So classroom management is one of the biggest challenges I had to face and I'm still facing. So um, yes, I, I, I would say teaching online is, it can be hard, but I think the tools of drama can help like engaging the student through total physical response, um, also your energy and your voice and props. I had to buy a bunch of props, like a lot of, I have a toy store downstairs. Literally, I have a toy store downstairs. I bought so many props. And as soon as, especially when I bought food, I bought like toy food. When I brought that into my lessons, the kids just like their faces lit up and they're like, oh my gosh, it's food. So when I talked about food in many, many different ways, um, obviously uh, pertaining to the, the lesson, of course, um, it was, they, they enjoyed it. They engaged in it and they were, they were having fun and they were answering the questions. And yeah, so those are ways that we do incorporate drama, regardless if you want to call it drama or not, it is. But um, yes, I don't know if that answered the question, but. No, definitely. I, uh, I was a teacher in the classroom for so long and I tried to do online teaching and I was horrible at it. I just couldn't wrap my head around not having the whiteboard behind me or I don't know what it was. It just I couldn't I couldn't translate my skills in the classroom to teaching online. But it sounds like, you know, you've been successful in doing that, that drama has given you that platform because, yeah, it, you do need to bring that energy. Um, I'm wondering, is uh, is online teaching going to be something 
you know, obviously it's a little bit difficult at the moment. There are some restrictions in China and that it is the big market. But is it something you want to pursue? Or are you looking more to transition to a classroom environment when, when the time is time allows, basically? Um, I know, I don't know if like I have to choose either or hmm. because I really did enjoy I mean, with the new Chinese, like the the, the the whole restriction issue right now, I it really, it really just, I, I was so upset <laughs> because I was part of this company. It was a very steady company. And um, I had the same students every week at the same time. And it was, it was great because I got to see them actually progress and they would submit homework. And I felt like I was finally, I think the first three weeks of teaching online, it was like a big, it hit me in the face. I was like, okay, I'm trying, I was trying to navigate myself. What am I doing wrong? What am I doing right? It's a big learning curve, I would say. Uh, but when time went on, I was like, oh, this is, I'm like, this is great. And by the time I started getting the hang of it, that whole thing happened. So, um, I do want to still pursue online teaching. However, I do see myself in a classroom. I am so excited for the moment that I get to be in a physical classroom with kids because then they can actually like feel my energy and I can see if there's something wrong and like really try to talk to them. It's so hard to do this over a screen, um, especially when it, the thing with online teaching, you're always on a time limit. You're still on a time limit in a classroom, but the interaction is completely different. And I feel that you can teach in a completely different way when you're physically with the students and you can like tend to their needs. But um, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't say right now either or. I hope to have my own classroom soon when I go to Cyprus. I'm really hoping that I get the opportunity to teach in person um, because I think that will be absolutely amazing. I have so many ideas already and I'm not, I'm not opposed to the idea of doing online too. So I kind of want to do both. Yeah. And you just, you, you touched on this a little bit, but did you, did you have a sense teaching online about how your students felt about it? Did you have a sense that they would have preferred to be back in a classroom or, they were getting bored because it was online or it was more difficult to engage them. What was the sense you got from the from your students? Some students were very excited that I was there. It's I think it's really all about the energy you put out to your students because you're on a screen and the only thing that they can see is their computer. And then they're also at home. It really depended on the student because they were at home and they had their own environment. So sometimes there would be there would be parents yelling in the background or like it would be completely noisy. Also the timing, whenever I taught them, it happened to be like six to eight o'clock at night. And by the time my last class was done, it was like 9 p.m. for them. So they already had a whole day of doing whatever they were doing. They may have been doing school, they may have been doing other things, but they had a whole day. And this is probably the last thing that they were doing with this online online class. So I could tell when 
especially near the end of the class, like they were like, okay, I want to go to sleep now. I want to, you know, get off. You know, I definitely could tell their, their energy for sure. But like I said, it's the way you engage the student. And sometimes when you're on online, sometimes you can't engage the student. Like you can't do anything about it. If you're doing everything that you can and they're still tired and they're not into it or they're not in the environment to be into it, then like there's only so much you can do. But with a classroom, that's completely different. Like I feel like you have more control that you can adapt better. So yes, I, I would say that because it's, it's really dependent on the student and their environment. And they're just looking at you on a screen and they're listening to things around them. And you have to adapt to what, what's going on. And sometimes it can be very hard and sometimes it's very, very easy. So yes. So uh, I just want to touch on uh, Cyprus a bit more, Joanna, because I think this is this is uh, not the most common destination. Um, however, you know it it is uh, fairly common for people to um, you know go to Europe to teach. So, is Cyprus going to be the home base where you set up for a while, or is it just one of many destinations? What, do you have a do you have a plan for your your trip? It's going to be my home base. I'm really, really hoping and praying that it will be my home base because my family is from Cyprus. Both my parents are. I have family there. Um, I also, I was born and raised in Canada and I do know the language, but not fluently. And I just really want to get in touch with who I am because my both my parents were born and raised. They were partially raised here, but they were mostly raised there. So this will be the home base for me. And I'm hoping to establish new ways of teaching because the opportunities of me doing new things there, I think they're very bright because it's an island and it's its own country. And, um, the way I hope to go about my teaching, I hope will spark almost new journeys for me in in that particular area. So that's that's why I know it's not a common place to go, but um, that's that's why I wanted to do my English class. But also now that I've completely been like I I've been so influenced by teaching online because I, I feel like I really, I know I'm going to pursue this as a career for the rest of my life. I just feel like it's calling to me. Um, I do really feel that it's the right, it's, it's, it's going to be really, really great to just have a home base there. But also if I'm teaching online, I'm also, I'm also in a great time zone and area where I can, I can teach others from, from Europe as well, because of the area I'm in. It's a bit harder when you're in North America because there's such a time difference, but over there, it's not as bad. So, yeah. So Cyprus will be your, your new home base. Are there some other top travel spots around the region that are on your bucket list? I want to go, the thing with Cyprus is because it's in like the middle of the Mediterranean. So 
the fact that uh, you could go on a weekend, you can go on a weekend, four day weekend excursion to Athens, or you could go to Spain. It's just a, like a plane ride away to go to Italy. Um, I'm also going to be getting um, citizenship. So I'll have like an EU passport because I'm able to, I'm entitled to it. So that's gonna really come in handy for sure. Um, but the places I really wanna go, uh, I wanna explore Greece, um, the different islands in Greece, of course, Athens. Um, I want to go to Spain and go to Italy as well. Um, yeah, those opportunities, that's another reason why, of course, under a, a whole list uh, of reasons why I would go, that's a huge reason to go is because when I do have the opportunity to want to go travel, it's not going to be as expensive and as life altering if I wanted to do that. So, yeah. Very jealous of you having, you're going to get an EU passport. Me too. Uh, yeah. So jealous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit of a broken record on Brexit, but we won't talk about that. Um, and also, Joanna, you're going to be living in one of the top tourism destinations in Europe anyway. Like, uh, you know, just being in Cyprus is going to be a fantastic experience. Like so much yes. to see and do. It's amazing there. There's like always something to do there. Great uh, weather too. So as someone with the, you know, with the, um, the heritage, um, with, you know, from being from Cyprus, uh, your family, is there anything that people should know about Cyprus that maybe they don't know? Any secret food or drinks or, or anything about the Cypriot culture that people, you know, you want people to know about? Well, Cyprus is the last divided country in Europe. Um, it's, I'm going to be going, living in the last divided, um, only, I would say the only divided city in all of Europe. There, it's divided between, the north is, there's Turkish Cypriots, and then there's Greek Cypriots, and this was because of the the war in 1974. Um, so I don't know if people know that. I don't know if people know that. Um, also, there has been a spark in halloumi cheese. Um, <laughs> a lot of people I've been seeing on my social media, people have been eating halloumi cheese. That is a Cypriot trademark. That's a Cypriot cheese. You may not have known that, but I will tell you. It is a Cypriot cheese. And I've been eating this my whole life and it's wonderful. Um, you could put it in your salad, you could grill the cheese, you can have it with watermelon, which is a really, really good, really good combination. If you haven't had that, um, halloumi with watermelon, you are definitely missing out. Um, food or drinks, uh, I would, one of my favorite foods I would say that I'm looking forward to eating is this meal called gleftigo, which is lamb and potatoes and it's put there's different ways to make it but you put it in a pot um my grandmother she does it in like a clay pot or you could put it in a pan and you wrap it you have to almost have a lid over it or seal it with tinfoil or what sort of way and um 
the way it's traditionally made is that it it you put it into an oven, but not a traditional oven, like an outdoor oven. So for example, like, I don't know, something like a pizza oven, or you could probably put it in a pizza oven. Um, you put it in a, one of those types of ovens, and then they basically seal up the entrance to the oven with cement and bricks, like I've seen my I've seen my family do this back in Cyprus and it slowly cooks for hours for like all day. So they'll, they'll put it in the morning and at night you'll, they'll take it out and it's the best thing you'll ever eat because it just melts in your mouth. And it's, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. And of course there's souvlaki and many other things as well, but that's a very, the two very separate things I'm looking forward to the most. Oh, I have never heard of that, but that sounds absolutely outrageously good. So I'm definitely going to have to find that. It's now on my food bucket list. Um, before we let you go, Joanna, we just have one final question that we'd like to ask everyone. And that's, um, you know, imagine that you're, you're talking to someone who's kind of on the fence about teaching English or, or starting this whole process. Um, you know, perhaps where you were a year or so ago, do you have any advice or words of encouragement for, for someone in that situation? I would say if you really want to travel, if you really want to help people, and if you really feel that this, you want to do something completely different, then I would encourage taking taking um, this certification, having the certification. It does not hurt in my perspective. I, may, I wasn't sure if I was going to like it or not. And I, I went into this thinking, I want to do more things with my life. I mean, of course, with everything going on in the world right now, I felt very isolated and I needed a new direction. And I feel that a lot of people, when they get into this, especially later on, or um, like, I, I believe, I don't know, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I believe that there are actually a lot of people who turn to teaching English online because it's it's something, it's not their first choice of a career, but it may be something that, um, it may be something that they want to do, something else they want to do that this will allow them to do that, like travel or um, help people. But what I would say is do your research if you really want to do this. But to be honest, if you, a certification is not going to hurt you. Having a certification under your belt is not going to hurt you. Mm. Further education will never hurt you. So I would say just take the plunge and do the certification because it opens up so many other doors and it will look very, very good on your resume, but it will also make you feel good it's something that makes you feel good especially when you actually start implementing your certification to teaching and doing other things that you aspire to do I don't know if that was good but <laughs> couldn't have said it better myself uh thank okay. you so much for uh taking the time to chat with us today Joanna that was wonderful um don't forget you can read Joanna's uh excellent blog at oxfordseminars.com forward slash blog um so thank you again, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thanks so much again uh, to Joanna for taking the time to speak to us recently. 
Uh, she was a fantastic guest. I hope we get to catch up with her in the future, see how things go in Cyprus. Um, but before we uh, wrap up things today, Alex, uh, do you have an update for us from the Job Placement Service? Sure, yeah. We were talking today about teaching online, and that's sort of been one of the big growth areas over the pandemic. Uh, a big growth in online classes, a big growth in obviously demand for online classes. Unfortunately, recently in China, there was a change in government policy that caused most of the online schools based out of China to shut down or restructure. We're still sort of waiting to see if they're able to restructure and reopen, but that uh, cut down a huge amount of the schools available. Uh, but of course, the demand hasn't gone anywhere. So a lot of schools have shifted or schools in other regions have become more popular. So we've actually recently added a few new partners in Latin America who are teaching online. And some of them are schools who've transitioned to teaching their students online. And some of them are online-based only schools uh, catering to the Latin American market. And they offer a much more competitive salary than uh, you would typically get for the Latin American region. And for teachers based in North America, uh, it's a great avenue to consider because you don't have this big time zone difference that you get when you're teaching between the US and China or the US and Russia, or even to Europe. So yeah, these are some great new opportunities for online teaching. So if you're thinking about what to do in 2022 and what jobs to apply for, I would say keep uh, online teaching uh, on your radar because I think the demand for these online classes is only going to continue to grow next year. Thank you so much, Alex, for that update. Um, yeah, I think that's if there's one thing that Joanna taught us, it's that you know it doesn't have to be dull to be an online teacher. Like you can make it as interesting as you want. Um, so thank you for that, and thanks to you, listener, for tuning into the Teaching Abroad Pod. We'll be releasing new episodes every other Wednesday. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like and subscribe and share it with your friends. Remember, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere you can find a good podcast. If you have any great ideas that you'd like to hear us discuss, any people you want to put us in contact with, um, do let us know. Leave a comment on YouTube or um, you know, find Oxford Seminars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Or failing that, email us at teachingabroadpod at oxfordseminars.com. Have a great day. Bye.